Welcome to Uncontained episode 39. I'm your host, Aaron Static Render, and on the show today from Las Vegas, Nevada, I have comedian Trez Mala. He got his start in improv comedy, and he also co hosts a professional wrestling podcast called Los Rudos. This was a fun conversation to have. We kind of we kind of take a few detours all over the place. Uh, one time we're talking about pizza and uh, favorite or least favorite toppings. We have a slight disagreement over what you can and can't put ketchup on. And since this episode is airing on election day, I asked him for his predictions. Since it is election day, as long as you're listening to this today before the polls close, do America a favor and get out and vote. That's my public service announcement for today. Yeah, rock the vote or whatever they say. I'm not here to tell you who to vote for. That's not my job. And in my opinion, this election doesn't really have any good choices. It's just a matter of voting for the lesser of two evils, whichever one that may be to you. But enough about the political stuff. Enough about doing your civic duties. It's time to find out how our guest this week Trez Mala lives uncontained. How's it going, Trez? And welcome to Uncontained. That's going fantastic. Thanks for having me, dude. I appreciate it. So you're a stand-up comedian. You have a podcast. Want to tell me a little bit how you got into stand-up comedy? Um, oh, man. I uh, had a long, roundabout way how I got into stand-up comedy. Those are always uh, the best. <laughs> well, you know... <laughs> My whole life, I've always, uh, I've always just, I don't know, kind of marched to the beat of my own drum. So, uh, not having a filter or whatnot, you know, I'd say some ridiculous stuff. Always put my foot in my mouth, or, um, you know, but I had the knack of if I if I was able to get a laugh, I could keep tagging it, you know. And I didn't know about that. I just always knew if I could get somebody to laugh in class or you know, something, uh, I could just, you know, I had the ability to kind of pounce on it. And, uh, I, I, I just remember at a young age, always hearing somebody older than me or whatnot saying, we got a comedian over here, or you must be a comedian or, you know, then later on in life, you know, people would be like, you should be a comedian. You know, I always was very fond of comedians like growing up I kind of I don't want to say idolized but the guy that I really enjoyed was uh Richard Jenny okay and uh yeah way before platypus man and all that stuff too I, I was just for some reason he I from what I got to see as a kid uh he just stuck out to me and I always you know was interested but I I tried an open mic one night you know like I had some people from work were going out to an open mic you know I, I was a bus boy here uh in Vegas right out of high school and uh I wasn't even 21 at the time and I had to be 21 to get in there and uh I cracked some jokes and uh, I just didn't do it for a long time and I had this guy come up to me and he was like hey dude he's like you know the the guy that like introduced me to the open mic and stuff he's like hey dude he's like you're funnier than like half of the people there, you know? And like, he's like, he goes, it's just a room full of comics. No one wants to laugh. You know, he's like, you should keep doing it. So I just kind of did and found my way into improv comedy. I studied a little bit with the second city out here in Vegas when they had a little remote deal. Okay. There's a second city in Vegas too, not just Chicago. Uh, well there, there was one, they, they closed down shop and, uh, you know, they bounced out uh, after like, I think it was like close to 10 years. They're they're here for a good stretch. But uh, I was there in the early years when they did a bunch of classes and had people do internships and stuff. Used to hang out, go to all the shows, learned a lot, you know, and then I got back into stand-up comedy. Right, were you able to take a lot of uh, what you learned in Second City and apply it to stand-up? Or is it two separate animals, improv and stand-up comedy? Uh, you know, a lot of people, they get all funky about it. I think the, the improv skill, the, the improvisational skill is like there in all of us. I think learning improv and, and that art form, there's just certain games, tools, and techniques that can just strengthen that. And you can use it to your, you know, to your abilities anywhere, really. You know, uh, it doesn't have to be confined 
to you know being contrasted to stand-up comedy i think in stand-up um god i can't remember who the quote is one of my good friends uh he's a comedian out of la by way of minnesota but uh nicholas anthony he 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 gave he gave me a quote from somebody one time and it just always stuck in my head when it comes to stand-up is uh the last the last thing you should be doing is your act you know you should be you should be hitting them with uh funny stuff and and you know what's going on in that moment in the room and uh if everything goes right at least i believe it will your material weaves into that and you're not doing material at this point you know that's interesting the last thing you should do is your act i actually had a similar experience to that too i've i haven't been on stage for quite some time so i find it hard for me to say that i did stand up you know i don't want to be that guy like hey i used to be on stage but uh there was one time where this guy bruce J. He, he's actually been on The Man Show and uh, some other shows out in L.A., but this was when I was in Cedar Rapids. He saw me writing down notes before I went up on stage performing. He's like, forget your notes, man. Forget your notes. Don't take any of that with you. Don't even use don't use anything in your set. Just go up there and talk. You know, and this was when I was first getting like started out. Maybe I'd been doing it like a couple months and just went up on stage and... Maybe, maybe I just used one joke from from what I was going to do, but all of it else was just ad-lib talking to the crowd. Yeah, I think that is a valuable tool to where you're actually able to find your voice, as they say in like comedy. I think that's like a, a way to expedite that because we'll write things down with the intention of being a certain way, you know, very... Uh, you know, a, a very confined point of view about a joke or punchline. But what ends up happening is what I found out is, you know, there's only, there's just a few things that are needed in a joke, you know. So, and I find it all the time uh, in my, my normal day job to where I just slip stuff in on people, you know, where I just have a whole written joke around this one little line that I was able just to use as a, as a hot punch, you know, and, and get just as good as of a pop and a laugh, you know what I mean? Versus trying to craft this joke and, and, you know, really make a point or whatnot. It's a, it's a, it's a, you know, comedy's a, as they say, is a fickle bitch. So, uh, <laughs> but I was going to say when it comes to improv and stand up comedy, I think the wit is there in the comic. It's just letting go of, holding on to the material like it's a lifeline you know i'm around a lot of comedians uh you know and i'm watching them work stuff and uh they're really afraid to to expand or you know there's like a timing or something that is just not right for them so they'll never deviate from a joke or never really try to make something work um, hold on to the material too much. I can definitely see that in some uh, comics. And then also I see what uh, you're talking about that you're trying to do as far as go off script a little bit, you know, and others as well. Well, I mean, dude, I mean, when you're in the moment, you know, and a good conversation or you're in the moment in a heated debate or you're ripping it up on the stage uh, or even when you're not doing good, when your mind's racing, the, uh, you know, you can grab stuff, you know, you can pull stuff in. Uh, you know, especially if you're not doing well, that kind of can help you bail out. You know, you can try new things, you know, to try and, you know, correct the situation. Because, I mean, let's face it, you know, a lot of times you, you write down a set, you know, and you you line this joke up with this joke, you know. Well, you know, because those ones work together, you know, and then <laughs> and then you you end up that first joke bombs and you're like in your head, you're like, well, how is this next joke going to work? Because they piggybacked. So if you don't have any if you don't, I believe if you don't have any type skill to get a read on that and change gears. I mean, how many times have you seen somebody just go from joke to joke to joke? And it's just it's just you know, it just gets bad. It gets, you know, I think that's that. uh there's a lack there of, of using improv. 
you know, being in the moment, call it out, play a game. There's a game and everything. Find it, you know. Yeah, there's a game and everything. In a sense. What games do you find in stand-up? Are there any particular games that you find yourself playing while you're on stage? Uh, well, the the game is for me is what can what, what is there for me to exploit, and it's not it's not anything that I I would seek out and create. It would ha- it would have to be something that is you know happen after uh, you know happen in the show or uh, that's obvious you know you, you point out the obvious you know you see you know I'm just saying you, you're sitting and there's a guy there and he's in a bright lime green suit and the two comics that went up in front of you and no one said anything it was like yo what's up with key lime pie over here you know what I mean <laughs> okay you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, you, do you find something to play with or you're talking with somebody and they say something silly, then you just like, you pounce on it. That to me is my game that like I look to play, uh, when I'm on stage or, or anything. Like if one of my jokes, I know if like one of my jokes hits, uh, I can try and tag or throw on a lot of extra stuff that if it doesn't get the kind of pop that I'm I'm looking for, then I'll just move on to the next joke, if that makes sense. No use beating a dead horse. Go find a different horse to beat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, basically. Or it just like, I just know by like the size of a laugh of, of like how far I could push something, you know, no, no sense making it awkward when it can move on to another laugh that makes sense yes definitely dude definitely uh it's hard to get out of those awkward situations i've livened down many a room i, I have the ability to uh to bring it down sometimes so <laughs> sometimes <laughs> it, sometimes it gets a little heavy you know those can be hard rooms to you know come back from too if you can do it that's awesome but if uh you know sometimes you just gotta bite the bullet yeah i mean i've had uh I've had good luck with humility and just being honest, you know, like it's, it's really not that bad unless you're getting booed, you know, <laughs> getting booed uh, and stuff thrown at you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I used to think silence was a bad thing, but you know, since I, uh, I'm a, a stay at home dad, I'll just sit there and, and enjoy it. You know, I'll tell them, I'm like, guys, if you don't want to laugh good, I'm a stay at home dad. I enjoy the silence. <laughs> you know, and uh, it usually gets a laugh, and then you know it's kind of a an icebreaker, but uh, on an awkward deal. But um, just changing subjects completely. I'm not even doing oh. transition material right now. Um, <laughs> you have a podcast. Yes, I do. Uh, Los Rudos. Yeah, Los Los Rudos Pod uh, dot com. But yeah, Los Rudos is the name of the uh, Los- podcast. Which right. is about professional wrestling. Okay, how did you get uh, how did you get into doing a podcast about professional wrestling? Um, one of the comedians uh, I'm buddies with, and uh, he's uh, homed out of here in Vegas, uh, Jason Harris. He's uh, he's another wrestling fan, professional wrestling fan, quite the uh, wrestling historian. So I was, we were talking with him one day, and uh, or we were talking and we just. We're like, we should record this because I'm having a good conversation about wrestling, you know, like I, we're enjoying it. And uh, that's just kind of how it started. And then we lined up with uh, another comedian, uh, Kyle Anderson, here in Vegas. And, uh, you know, so now there's three of us. So it's like a three-man tag team wrestling. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's really fun. I, I, I enjoy I enjoy professional wrestling. And... Uh, there's a lot more to it. I li- I think I like defending it too, you know, to the to people. You know, people are like, oh, it's fake, it's stupid. I, I like like breaking people down on it and you know, showing how these guys are losing teeth and <laughs> all sorts of shit. You know, yeah, it, I mean, the- it it is fake, but it's uh, it takes a lot of physical talent and toughness to do. Oh yeah, yeah, like like. Dude, it, they're like small. It's like it's like linemen on a on a football team. It's like they're in constant like car wrecks. The way their bodies are slamming up against things, and you know what I mean. Like there there's a toll taken on these guys for sure. And then the physical agility and ability of these guys that are over 250 pounds. Some of them, you know, 225 pounds. Like I'm like a buck ninety, dude, and psh, 
I trip and fall over my kid's toy and I'm, I'm out, you know, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like these guys are over there taking some hard lumps and doing flips and stuff. <sighs> Craziness, dude. It's insane. You know what? You know what really turned me on? There's a local wrestling promotion here in town, uh, professional wrestling, FSW, Future Stars of Wrestling. Okay. And they got a lot of professional guys that come through. And uh, I did some filming. I was like kind of learning. I was like kind of learning a little bit of filming, you know, and uh, I did their live matches. And I'm watching these dudes who aren't like, you know, built or anything like that. I'm watching them take some hard hits, doing some flips and, you know, all the stuff like that. Uh, hard, really hard landings, going through tables, all that. And then I watched them get in their cars and drive away. It wasn't like they're getting on a bus or flying to a plane. They were, like, going to work tomorrow. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, the guy just had, like, you know, boards broken over the back of his head. His eyes split open. You know what I mean? It's like a it's like a local boxer, you know, just going to get lumped up and then clocking in for another 8- to 10-hour shift the next morning. Amazed me. So, yeah, I'm, you I'm don't fan. necessarily think about like uh, like the people who are not quite the big names that still have to go to their job at at the office on Monday morning after doing a backflip off the turnbuckle. Yeah, well, it's you know, it's like the local, it's like the local comic or the or the early road comic. You know, the you know you, you you're out there grinding, taking lumps. You know, <laughs> you're doing <laughs> bar shows with like four people yeah <laughs> and half of those four are comics yeah <laughs> you and the two dudes that went there and the the barmaid you know so yeah so who's your favorite uh professional wrestler uh, uh well of all time i grew up i was a macho man uh randy macho man savage you know okay uh, yeah i go him and him and uh and hot rod uh uh um Rowdy Piper, those two, Jake the Snake as well, which is funny. He lives here in Vegas now. Yes, I actually interviewed uh, the guy that is uh, touring with him, uh, Alex Kool-Aid Ansel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Alex is a great guy, dude. I, uh, he's buddies with my friend uh, and other comic, Joe Kalees, out here. Okay, and, uh, cool. Yeah, and they uh, – uh, yeah, I met him, but I haven't met Jake. <laughs> but Alex is a great guy. But – uh yeah, no, as far as, like, I was a macho man. Now, for today, I like uh, Dean Ambrose. He's a wrestler that's from Vegas, but uh, kind of a th he kind of reminds me of a throwback wrestler, kind of hard-nosed dude. I remember when I started watching, you know, he was on TV, and he's, like, wrestling John Cena. And I was like, who's this, you know, who's this maniac over here? Like, he's, <laughs> this guy's a nutcase. I like it. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Dino fan right now. I like uh, Dean Ambrose. Right on, right on. <laughs> I don't personally follow wrestling, but I will say this. Even though, you know, it is scripted, so are movies. Yeah. And people are like, oh, that action movie kicked ass. And see how he, Vin Diesel kicked his ass? Like, no, that that's fake too. But, uh, <laughs> so, sorry, just got off on a little tangent there. But no, what, I, what I respect and, you know, appreciate about the WWE, I almost called it WWF, that's... Oh, almost, I do it all the time. Almost all banned the time. from being said now. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless you're talking about panda bears or something like that. But I admire the showmanship, the them getting on the mic and controlling the crowd. And yeah, right? Just How impressive is that? Just feeding off the crowd and feeding the crowd back. That's that's what impresses me about it. Yeah, no, they uh, those guys... You know, and that's one of the things, like, in the local promotions, they, they teach that. They, there's, like, techniques. There's, again, you know, there's ways to to get a crowd to hate you. There's ways to, to get them to, to like you. You know, you kind of tap in on them. Or, and then, or the crowd will tell you kind of who you are. Because sometimes the bad guy's such a good character, everybody likes him, and he's, like, the good bad guy, you know? Yeah, the anti-hero. Yeah, but, it, you know, here's the other thing. Here's the other thing is to... Uh, a lot of I talked to a lot of comics, you know. They're like, "Oh, how do you like that stuff?" And I tell them, "I'm like, dude, these guys are way better actors than anybody you'll ever meet." And they're like, "Oh, how do you figure?" I go, "Because when they roll an ankle, when they get a broken rib, they they complete the scene. You know what I mean? They they stay in character. They don't 
they don't have a knee blowout. And they're like, oh, my God. Uh, you know, I mean, they'll get carted off. They'll do the thing. But they're not like, uh, you think like a few Jackman, uh, <laughs> you know, doing Wolverine, like, you know, blew out his shoulder. You think you'd be like in, in Logan character? No, he'd be cussing. He'd be changing voices. You know what I'm saying? Like these guys, like they're they're quite amazing when when they take their lumps. But you know what? Another thing I also tell them. What's that? I go, I, I, tell, I tell people, I just go, you get the wind knocked out of you. I go, and then you go and do your set. You know, you go, I tell other comics that. I go, you get the, let me slug you right in the bread basket. Let me crack you right in the sternum. All right. And then you go do your set. I go, now look at these guys after a match having to talk on the mic or cut a promo or do something like that. I'm like, get out of here. You know, you'd be crying for your mom. Because <laughs> I know I would. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, definitely. I've, had the wind knocked out of me quite a few times and it's like the feeling where you know you're not gonna die but you almost just wish you would just so you don't feel that feeling anymore oh god it's the worst i've done it i've done it skateboarding and i've been in a fight where i had the wind knocked out of me whoa not fun as a kid, I was uh, swinging on the swing set, and I like tried like jumping off, like standing on the swing, and landed like on my back. And yeah, that was oh. not fun. Uh, oh yeah. god, it's like your soul leaves your body for a second. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> I know that feeling. So, are are you a big sports fan, or just mainly wrestling? Oh no, no, uh, my uh, my uh, I I grew up a baseball player. I've always you know followed baseball. Never. Uh, I was never too much of a football guy, even though I'm a Rams fan. I grew up uh, a Rams fan, but uh, um, I, I didn't really fall because I'm a little guy, you know. So like basketball was out, you know. It didn't yeah. really, it never really captured my attention. Uh, it was, so it was like baseball, but the the sport that like I, where I'm, uh, I'll, you know, I'm a diehard of, and I'll log like ten thousand hours on is uh, boxing. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a diehard uh, uh, boxing fan. So, who do you uh, pull for now? Are you like, were you in the Pacquiao or Mayweather corner? Or? Um, I, actually, I like Pacquiao. I used to like Mayweather, you know, being a local guy in Vegas. Uh, and then when he really changed his persona and, and went with the whole flash, it's, it's kind of not me. So, and then when he was like, you know, talking a lot, you know, just, uh, about like greatness and me being a, like a boxing fan. I was like, well, dude, there was a lot of guys that you could have fought where I would say, yeah, you beat them and at their prime, you know, yeah, you are, you know, the greatest, you know, to me being a boxing historian and stuff, I look at as like an undefeated record as quite a, kind of like a, uh, a raised eyebrow. I'm like, I want to look at it a little bit closer, you know, cause okay. I, I, I look at it like a, an undefeated record is like, well, you didn't fight probably the toughest out there. You know what I mean? Or you it didn't take you know, any risks. I don't want to say didn't take any risks, but they minimized the risk, it, you know, significantly. But, um, I will say this though, any type of criticism, uh, towards anybody yeah, that I have, uh, it's with the utmost respect to them and their profession because these guys rise up, do the training, they make the weight, and then they beat who they're supposed to beat. You know, but when I look at like Floyd Mayweather, he's always been the favorite. There's not many fights, if any, I can think of uh, right offhand, but of all of the stuff, I don't think he's ever been an underdog. And the fights where he it was close to him being an underdog, you know, it didn't it, it didn't end up that way in the ring when it, you yeah. know what I mean? Like he showed up like, but uh, uh, like there's another fighter over in the UK. He retired undefeated, and he's a great fighter. But if you look at his record, it's all in his backyard. It's all in his hometown. And you look at the matchmaking, you're just like, well, why wasn't he fighting this guy? Why wasn't he fighting that guy? That you know, uh, so. Crafty matchmaking, but at the same time, you know, like Joe Calzaghe and uh, uh, Floyd Mayweather, I just believe their matchmaking is uh, crafted, very well crafted. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you mentioned baseball, and I have to bring this up 
since oh. it just happened yesterday. Yes. We we're recording this the day after the Cubs won the World Series, and so oh. the world has not ended yet. Uh. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I was I was expecting for like a bright flash of light, and it all be over. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No. Um. Dude. What 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 were you feeling? Uh, I it was a little. I'm not even a diehard uh, Cubs fan, but I was emotional. I, know, I, I was, it was a great too. thing. Yeah, like me, I can't call myself a Cubs fan as we were talking about before uh, yeah. we got we started recording the podcast. But the I'm a huge Chicago sports fan. I'm a diehard Bears fan, um, and I rooted for the Cubs. I've always rooted for the Cubs. If I was a bigger baseball fan myself, I'd probably feel all right calling myself a Cubs fan. But, you know, I've just kind of been I've watched and rooted from a distance and I'm not the guy who is the diehard fan that watches every single game throughout the year, you know. But I still even being that guy that's not the hugest baseball fan in the world. I watched every single playoff game. I was like, this is going to be next year, quote unquote, you know? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. No, man, I mean, it was, uh, it was a nail biter the whole way. You know, um, I, as I've gotten older, I've turned more into a casual fan. I used to be, I used to watch, you know, baseball, any game that was on, it didn't matter. I was always watching the scores, making sports bets and stuff like that. But, uh, um, you know, now that I get older, I'm more of a highlights, watch this, you know, keep a, uh, uh, an eye on the standings. And the whole time I'm like, I'm looking at the Cubs. I'm like, holy cow, man. Like, I didn't even want to, like, throughout the year, I didn't even want to acknowledge how, like, good they were doing because I didn't want to jinx it. You know what I mean? like, <laughs> exactly, dude. Exactly. But I'm not like a, I'm not like a, uh, you know, I have my teams. I get the Cincinnati Reds. That's my baseball team. But uh, just being a fan of baseball, dude, I mean, I think of all the guys that I looked up to that were on the Cubs, you know, playing back in the day, like Mark Grace. And, uh, you know, they had Andre Ryan Dawson. Sandberg, Ryan, yeah. yeah, Sandberg. Uh, I mean, just a, a, I mean, the list goes on and on. And, uh, you know, I always, I, I kind of feel like it, it's a win for them, like everybody else. Like it's, even though they're not getting the ring, they're not on the team, like it just, it takes the burden off of the history of all those guys. Like it's wiped the slate clean with 108 years yeah, or something like that. Yeah. Like, 1908 uh so yeah it was was yeah i i I don't i I mean and it was like 71 or something since they've been to a world series or yeah i mean you know i i look at see that shows you how much of a cubs fan like i don't know of the exact numbers i just know that i have a lot of friends that are you know that cried and i have a lot of friends that all they could think about is everybody's saying the only thing that would be better right now is if I was watching this with my dad. I mean, and that's, yeah. it's like over like 10 dudes that I know. And I, I mean, it just really hits, it, you know, it hits hard. I, you know, uh, you can see how much people really put into that. I mean, it just kind of, you know, it's like an American thing. It's a beautiful thing. It's a great thing. It is. Yeah. It is. <laughs> um, and it's a, it's one of those feel, it's like one of those feel good stories, you know, yeah, and it it passes the sports story, just a sports story, and becomes like a national story, like with the Cubs, because it was like such a long drought, and it's like national news opposed to just sports news. Yeah. Uh, At yeah. least in my opinion, you know, it's like... Well, you know, I'll say this, man, right now, the way the whole, uh, the whole world is and the election stuff like that. This is like one of those things, even though Cleveland, Cleveland fans, they got nothing, you know, in the Cleveland team, the Indians, they have nothing to <clears throat> be ashamed about, but it's kind of like the feel good underdog story win for everybody. Like kind of a, a much needed thing right now. in in, in history, you know? Yeah. And if, if Cleveland was not playing the Cubs in the World Series, if they were playing somebody else, like if they were playing the Dodgers or, um, 
don't know. I'm in the Bay Area, and I'll even say if they were playing the Giants, I'd be rooting for the I'd be rooting for the Indians since they have the second longest streak, you know. But, yeah, yeah. Well, and see, the that's just another good team. You know what I mean? It's another like they're like good crowds. You know, uh, I mean, how do you not like the Indians? Uh, you know, <laughs> that's kind of how I look sure at it. Cubs fan, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but, but even then, I mean. Like, if you look at it, other than there was some drunk assholes that were, like, punching each other and stuff like that uh, after the game. But, if I mean, if you look at it, those fans, they, they weren't getting nasty. They weren't, you know, it wasn't like a Boston-New York type deal. No, no. You know it I mean? was, it was you know, it was a great series. Uh, yeah. And the fans for both teams acted appropriately, too. Like, like fans, well, not jackasses. Yeah, for the for the most part, I mean, you you have your element always, you know, but uh, you know, not just not as much as like you know, <laughs> Raiders or uh, actually the Rams did, this year. They had a lot of fights uh, up at their new stadium. What do you think about the? Um, okay, the Rams moved to L.A. What do you think about the Raiders possibly moving from Oakland to Vegas? Uh, I think it's a I think it's a great deal. I think it's cool. Um, my issue right now is here they are put they're gonna put all this money into this stadium that we're getting out here, and then now all of a sudden all the schools are having all these major changes, and it's not for the better. Uh, yeah. They're yeah they're like reducing teachers. Class sizes are getting larger. Um, you know it's a uh, there's a there's a lot of uh, chicanery going on, and uh, that's the that's the issue. But if there's a way to, you know, you know, protect our schools and keep that crap from, you know, whatever, I'm all for it. You know, they I think uh, they did it. this is real quick, not to get off on the tangent or anything like Go that. Go for but, it. Uh, well, you know, our uh, our, our uh, mob attorney mayor Oscar Goodman. Um, when, before he was leaving office, he was saying, Hey, we should, we need a new, uh, we need a new city hall. We need a new city hall. We need a new, you know, and they just spent all this money and upgrading the old one. And they're like, no. And he goes, Oh no, it's a sweetheart deal. It's $150 million. It's not even, we don't even have to pay it. Other people are going to pay it and all stuff. I'm like, what are you talking about? You know? And he's like, no, no, it's good. It's good. It's good. So. As soon as he gets out of office, they get it approved uh, for a $150 million new city hall. And then that following year, $110 million was cut from the education budget. Just so happens. Just know? coincidentally. You know, and then so with this happening with their, their uh, approving, what is it, a 2.9, 1 point or 2 point something billion dollar, 2.1 billion dollar stadium. And then all of a sudden, all of our schools are starting to they're reducing the size of the or the the staff and da da da. da. Little Larry, but I will say this: it will drive in money. Um, it will it, it it will be good for the economy as far as like money coming in and being spread around. Um, and then you know I got stuff to to take my little bambinos to go do stuff, you know. Right on, right on. I do hope they stay here in Oakland, uh, but you know, I think there is a good chance they could be heading to Vegas. I it, I think so, man. I really do. I mean, they're approving this. They've already trademarked uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. I mean, which is kind of uh, like a you know regular uh, what procedure type deal, but yeah. Um, yeah, I think I I think so because when you look at the people who are supporting it out here, you know Steve Wynn, Sheldon Adelson. I mean, there's just like it's nothing but the heavy hitters yeah. out here. Um, usually those kind of usually those guys get what they want, you know. So I I think it is gonna happen. Yeah. Most likely, man. Most likely. All right, let's switch back to the entertainment, uh, your podcast, your uh, stand-up. Uh, do you have any advice that you would give uh, people looking to get started, uh, either doing stand-up or podcasting, or take their step, take the next step to the next level? 
Um, any advice I have for with, well, you know, with stand up, uh, I'm always I say right, right, right. You know, um, if it's not uh, you're sitting there trying to hammer out jokes, uh, you're you're observing, you're writing, you know, uh, something catchy that pops in your head, you know, write it down. Um, and then, you know, advice, just, you gotta be out there, you know, you gotta, I mean, I'm a, I'm a victim of not being everywhere at once, you know, or as many places as I can, you know, I'll, I'll hit one or two spots and be like, that's good for the night, you know, (laughs) and that's when I, and that's when I get out. But, um, the only problem in Vegas is uh, almost all the shows are all at the same time. So you got to pick and choose which one's more important to you at that, you know, what night. Yeah. Um, uh, but, um, yeah, they don't have staggered times out here. Not too much, but, uh, no advice. You know, one of the things that's helped me a lot and I hate, absolutely hate doing it. What's that? Is recording and then watching, read, you know, watching or, or listening, you know, record your set audio or video both but why do you hate um, doing it oh god it's so painful (laughs) you know because i'm not where i want to be even on the on on like video that i've i I, i've had you know that or audio or that i've had in a good set um i am always just like oh i could have done this i should have done that why didn't i think of that you know um you know I, i just it makes me cringe to watch, <laughs> you know. Fair enough. It's hard to watch yourself on tape sometimes, um, oh, but yeah. it it is a useful tool. Oh, it's it, you know, you know when you're watching someone else's set and they're doing something, you're like, oh, I would have gone this way with it. Oh, I well, that's the that's kind of that's how I've like rewritten jokes. Is you know, I've been. It, it wasn't until I watched it, I was like, oh. Why did I, I, I totally missed the obvious right there. I'm like, so, um, and it's gotten, you know, uh, the joke, uh, in particular that I'm mentioning has gotten a way bigger pop, you know? Um, so yeah, it, I think that's the biggest thing. And then networking, God, that's, you know, like I said, being out there talking with people, social media, yes. you know, these, these guys, I, there's a lot of guys I admire their hustle, how they how they get it done. You know, I look at them and I'm like, I got to start taking a page out of your book, man. I'm like, you just, you just lace the whole room and, and you know, you got more, you know what I mean? Like I'm a sit back in the, uh, in the corner of the room and observe people, you know, like networking's hard for me. Yeah. It doesn't always come. uh, It doesn't always come natural. And there's days I'm good at it. Days I'm not. But, you know, yeah. you just got to pay somebody to do it. Like, <laughs> yeah, you network here. for me. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I should like take some of my buddies out and be like, dude, I'll buy all night. I'll buy drinks all night, man. Just just say my name right. Spell it right. Get it. Out. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I, I should hire somebody. That's a... <laughs> all right. In addition to hiring somebody to do your networking, uh, do you have any other ways of promoting yourself? Um, you know, I do, uh, I, uh, I, I, I do kind of, uh, a grassroots approach right now. Uh, a lot of, I've been trying to cultivate on a personal basis. Now I have a, uh, I have a really cool day job when I'm not, uh, on the road and stuff. I live here in Vegas and I, I do comedy tours, uh, out to Hoover Dam. I do my comedy tour guide. Really? And, yeah. And uh, so I get to tell jokes and history and, and have conversation with people all day. And when I do that, I'm able – that's how I've been networking and, you know, giving my social media and, and trying to uh, – I mean, it's people from all over the world too. You know, I have, I have friends that I'm I, – I, I keep in contact, you know, weekly um, – via Facebook and Twitter, but, uh, you know, from the UK, Australia, uh, a couple dudes in Canada, you know, it's, uh, it's, it, I mean, I, I have, I have an international, 
you know, crowd going, but a lot of people here in the States, but, uh, that's how I've been like really, cause they kind of get to know, I, I kind of get to know them. They kind of get to know me. Uh, yeah. you know what I mean? I'm on a tour with them for like six hours. So, um, you know, some people, you just hit it off. I'm like, yeah, man, yeah, social media. I tell my, I tell my tours, you know, go to my, go to my, uh, you know, Facebook and go to my Twitter or Instagram listen to my podcast you know yeah well you know i don't oh I don't do you really, mention that i don't uh no only the people only the people that are like because i'll meet people they'll be wearing wrestling shirts and stuff and i'll I'll tell them but i don't like yeah i don't tell the whole you know people are, <laughs> yeah you, know, you I, might want to not tell like gladys and you know exactly yeah and gertrude knuckle friends <laughs> yeah stan and the guys you know yeah, but I on that level, I that's mostly where I've been doing my network because I meet people that are, you know, they're in cities that I'm going to be in eventually or cities I go like Minneapolis. I'm already cultivating a handful of people I've met uh, from out there because I, I make sure places that I go, if I meet anybody from there, I, you know, make sure that uh, I get them on the the social media because if I go, I want them to go to a show, you know. Yeah, got to let them know. Yeah, my 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 social media game's pretty weak, though. <laughs> yeah, uh, other than other than uh, cracking some topical jokes or, you know, some some pictures of my my food or where I'm at, if I'm looking at you know some ass crack or something. You gotta take pictures of food, man. You know, otherwise people won't know that you're eating. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm a foodie. You know, I'm a I'm a foodie. And Vegas isn't a bad spot to be a foodie. No, no, I, I enjoy I enjoy eating. Basically, though, I mean, ultimately, I'm not going to lie. I mean, food is just a vehicle to get ketchup into my body. So uh, that's the way I, I view it, fine dining or not. <laughs> do they have uh, ketchup? You, are you the dude that puts ketchup on steak? Oh, dude, I, I steak, eggs, baked potatoes, it don't matter. Me, like, if you cook the steak right, you don't need any any sauces, period. Oh, if the, oh that, if the no, steak that's true. If the steak is cooked right... No, that is that is true. Ketchup that is, is to cover mistakes. Nah, well, yeah, yeah <laughs> you, could, you could say that, but, uh, I, I, you know, I just look at it as, like, uh, uh, you know, why not? You know, no, I'm just saying, like, it doesn't have to be the whole steak, but a couple of them be like, why not? You know, this is good. Why not make it better? And as my dad always <laughs> said, like, if I commented on what he was eating, he's like, hey, you don't have to eat it, you know? So I'm not judging. Eat eat it however you want to eat it. Oh, yeah, no. I, I, I get a good I get a good gaff of people, though, uh, just, you know, mentioning ketchup. There's some people, like, they try to get these Facebook wars started about are you you know ketchup on your hot dog or you know type person and then they people go off it should never be that's how I feel about pineapple on pizza though <laughs> and, it has, and there's no place to be there at all ever yeah I I don't go out of my way to have it but if it, if I see it I'll I'll have I'll have a slice every once in a while oh man did you ever see what was what was that movie when uh, it showed Jesus at the temple, you know, re reenacting a thing where he's flipping over the tables of the bankers and the money changers. You know, that's me when I see pineapple pizza. I'm, I'm, it's getting thrown. The tables getting flipped over. At, uh, that's not. Uh, <laughs> that but drives it's Hawaiian. Me into rage. That, that that is an authentic pizza from Hawaii, right there. It's the Hawaiian pizza, right? That's like their state pizza. I have no idea, dude. I just know that is just not not right. Right. My favorite pizza, I have to go Chicago style. My oh, yeah. Deep dish, flaky crust, eat two pieces and you're stuffed, but you, you're going to eat three anyway. Um, that... Oh, yeah, but then you, you polish off like two to three pitchers of beer waiting for it to be cooked because they take like 45 minutes, so you got to be invested. Exactly, you know? <laughs> exactly. You got a pregame for the pizza. <laughs> no, totally. No, you know, I got to be honest, though. Uh, for pizza, growing up, I grew up in Southern California in Long Beach, and there was this place there called Pizza Mania. Yeah. And, and yeah, and still to me, hands down, uh, best pizza in the world. I mean, 
the dough they use, the sauce they have, the cheese, I mean, everything. And then I just straight pepperoni. I don't need any bells and whistles. It's it's truly like a fantastic uh, slice of pie there. Right on. Well, we're talking about pizzas, just throwing pizzas out there. There's a pizza in the Midwest that uh, isn't really out here on the on the West Coast. It's uh, taco pizza. Like you don't see it near as much out here. It's like uh, the sauce is actually like refried beans. Then there's like lettuce and chips and like tomato and everything that'd be on a taco on top of the uh, pizza. I've seen uh, and it's I, delicious. I, I've seen those over out here. They have them at the carnivals and they call them uh, Indian tacos. That's Indian what they. Taco? Indian tacos, yeah, because it's like uh, it, that that what, dough, like pita, like naan, kind of. No, no, it's uh like a uh Indian flatbread. It's kind of a traditional that the you know I guess we yeah uh, they call it Indian, but Native Americans, you know. Um, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, not not uh, not East Indian, but gotcha. Uh, yeah, no, the, but they uh yeah they call it uh they call it out here at least where I've seen it, uh, Indian tacos. Interesting, interesting. It's good. Now that I'm hungry, damn it. Sorry. <laughs> My bad, dude. No, no, that's all good. I don't have to order a pizza or something. When people listen to either your podcast or your stand-up, what do you want them to take away and remember from your show? Um, well, seeing that the, the, the podcast is geared for a certain audience, um, what I want them to, to think of, you know, of me or like what I get across is just, uh, enjoy it. Like how I enjoy it. I want it to come across as I'm a genuine guy, you know what I mean? Uh, or in sincere what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah. so yeah, I want people on, on board with, you know, I guess the point of view, uh, and the point of view is, uh, a, a, a good time and, and, and appreciation to the, you know, to the craft. Um, as far as the podcast, the wrestling podcast, um, my other podcast, which is on ice, but I'm actually going to bring it back cause I have, uh, I got better gear for it. I can go mobile now. All right. What's this podcast? Uh, I had the courtesy flush show. Uh, it was a podcast that had me with another uh, couple comics and we were always rotating, rotating out comics and, and stuff like that. But it was just a, uh, just a conversation with kind of like what we're doing you know, going all over the, the globe with different uh, topics and whatever is current of the day or if there was a, a local social issue and we'd do interviews. But I really wanted, you know, and actually it came across on that one, and, and that's what I like is I want people to uh, use the podcast to get people engaged because, a lot, you know, for the little following that we had going there for a while, uh, a lot of people would get involved and, you know, want to be on and talk you know so yeah uh, um yeah no i'm looking to firing it firing it back up the courtesy flush show because uh you know it was fun i enjoyed it brian well let me know when that gets back up and i will check it out and let all my uncontained listeners know about it as well no dude that'd be rad yeah before we get to the final question of the show here trez oh yeah Actually, I got two more questions for you. I'm going to throw in a special one just for today. Um, but where can people find you at as far as either shows or social media? Yeah, for, so for all my social media, um, it's at Tresmala, T-R-E-Z-M-A-L-A. Um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, I have a Snapchat, but I haven't done anything with it ever. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, that's for my social media. I'm actually working on, uh, on my website. I want to, I need something that's more integrated, so I don't even mess with that. I just use my social media for contacts, but as far as like shows, man, I just got a couple local gigs going on. I'm going to, at the end of the, or in the middle of this month, I'm doing the Ray Amez project. It's a small little show. Uh, I, I enjoy the enthusiasm of a lot of local guys out here. He's one of the dudes that, uh, is a real positive energy guy. Um, so, um, I'm, I'm happy to be a part of that lineup, but yeah, the Ray Amez project, 
Um, and I, I'm going to be on that. And then I just do a lot of little work in the little clubs around town, you know, guest spots and stuff right now, staying busy. Uh, so nothing really doing there as far as where I'm going to be. But um, uh, I, I am excited for what's to come next year. And I, I, I do have some shows lined up in the Midwest over there in Minneapolis in February. So uh, just trying to fill up everything in between, you know. <clears throat> All right, so. man. Um, I have, as I said, two questions left for you. This will be released on Election Day. Who is oh, our nice. new president? Oh, geez. <laughs> well, oh, man, that's a tough one to say. Who is it? I'm I'm this is my prediction. And uh, and this is without any type of, uh, you know, I don't want to say rigging, but any type of manipulation. If it's to be straight up, I think there's a lot of closet voters for Trump. I think there's more people who are actually supporting him than lead on. And uh, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with him. You know, mm. I think. I think the I think the scandals right now are um, are numerous and uh, there's a lot of I don't there's a lot of baggage going on with the that I think that's more so uh, damaging to to the Clintons right now so to Hillary um, yeah. so I, I don't know I mean it's tough it just depends on where you look but uh, you don't think Gary Johnson's gonna make it. No, dude. I mean, it. You know what they do. You know what they. You know what they do to any type of libertarian or uh, third party person that 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 has a potential of of kind of tapping in with the people on the ground more so than these like elites on these on the big parties is they they make them look like utter buffoons or racists. You know, the only thing is Gary Johnson. He didn't let. He didn't. Uh, he didn't make it too hard on him. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? He, he went out there, kind of shot himself in the foot a couple times. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. You know, a few years ago he was in, he was exciting, but, uh, you know, I was more of a Ron Paul guy. Yeah. Yeah. I could get behind, uh, Ron Paul. Like right now, I think we're kind of screwed either way, whether Hillary or Trump gets it. Oh dude, it's the classic, it's the classic line. What do you want? The mumps or the measles? You know, uh, that's it, it, that. Those are your choices. You know, do you want uh, you want fine glass or just broken glass to chew on? Either yeah, way, you're gonna exactly. cut your mouth. Exactly. But All right, you're th- calling Trump, huh? Yeah, I'm. I, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm gonna say if. Uh, you know, I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot that goes on. It's just I don't think the popular vote. You know, is is where the deciding factors is. I, I, you know, I think, uh, it's what's the, the inside wheeling and dealing. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, if that happens, it will be a very interesting four years. I'll tell you that. Uh, either, either way though. I mean, well, I don't, I, I agree. I agree. I think it's more like the evil, you know, like if, if Hillary is like, it'll be like more. It'll be kind of the same thing that's going on, you know. Oh, it will be the, it, but it will be the same. Like it's... Trump is the wild card. You don't know what the hell he's gonna do. Yeah, and but if I may say this, dude. Now, I have, and to all your listeners, I'm not trying to be inflammatory or anything like this, but this is the first time since what, like Ross Perot, where we're able to see which I was even as a kid, I was for Ross Perot. I didn't know what the hell was going on. I just knew the guy was a self-made billionaire and uh, he could do a better job than what we had going on. I just remember that but uh, <laughs> as a kid. But um, this is where we get a chance to see where there's a non-career politician at the helm. And I would really like to see where we would go. You know, the fact that like the establishment, you have the Bushes coming out saying they're going to vote for Hillary. Uh the, you know, you have the establishment, you have the British Parliament, yeah, you know, all these people um, uh, over that was against Brexit. They all hate it, but everybody who was for Brexit, they want Trump. You know, um, I, 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 when I see the establishment against him, it makes me, but I, I am willing to, seriously, I am willing to see what happens. I would even cast a vote, even though. Uh, I'm going all the above, but I'm, I would be willing to say if this was ultimately my choice between the two, 
because it's not. But if it was, I would say I would vote for Trump. I'm willing to cast that vote in in that random chance to see where the hell is going to go with, with, with somebody who's not a career politician, who's not uh, a bot and paid for uh, lightning rod for these people. Um, uh, it, it is it really, I mean, ultimately, other than where we're, they have always been holding over our head, World War III impending doom, unless it actually happens, it's really not going to get <laughs> any worse than where it's already going. You know, all right. all right. I'm just saying. I know it might sound crazy, but I'm. I mean, seriously. I mean, seriously. Like the way you know, when people said Obama was getting in, the sky was falling. Uh, you know, they were military. It was going to be martial law, and uh, it's just this media frenzy. You know, uh, I. I think. I think uh, ultimately we're a lot. Uh, we're a lot more together than, than what we think we are. You know, All right. I, I have a little, I have a little more faith in, in, in people than I do what TV leads me or leads on, I should say. <laughs> All right. Well, we will have to see what happens when people are listening to this show. They may I can already see you're not, know. I can see you're not hip to the idea though. I can tell you're like, ah, right. Uh, I, I, I am totally not excited about either of them. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. Well, isn't it crazy? Isn't it crazy, like, how we have the two worst candidates ever? Like, there's literally no support or no real enthusiasm for either one of these candidates ever in the history. And yet, this is what we get, you know what I mean? This is, like, this is all the other options. They just get slaughtered. Uh, You know, they don't even get a chance. And that's why... You know, that's why Bernie and that's why actually Donald Trump ran uh, Republican and Democrat is because they knew the only chance to, to get up in the public eye would be to go those way, to go yeah. that way, to be on these um, these platforms. Because, I mean, Trump's a whoever, uh, you know, who, who, whoever's doing business, you know, wherever he can he can make out. And I mean, he's gone Republican, Democrat back and forth a couple times, you know. Bernie, well, Bernie was a more of an independent, represented more independent than, uh, than I guess Democrats supposedly or voted that way as a, I don't know. I know he wasn't old. He's not, he's more Democrat than Democrats. <laughs> he's too, he's, he's way left of them. Yeah. So, you know, uh, this two, this two party, or I should say this two headed one party beast is the problem (laughs) you know what i mean definitely uh you know we need to you know get something out another option at least out there yeah other other countries do it other countries they have like four or five parties you know or more uh and 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 that really doesn't divide up the vote that kind of you know people will then kind of go we'll look at oh there's too many parties to associate with who's the best for the job you know Right now, you're just, like I said, you want Coke or you want Pepsi? Yeah. Yes, yes. They're both going to rot your teeth. Yeah, no, I want Jolt. No. <laughs> <laughs> or remember Surge? Surge, yeah. Do you ever remember Real Cola? It was Real? called Real? It was called Real. R-E-A-L or R-E-E-L? No, R-E-A-L. Real Cola, and it said right on the deal, twice the sugar, twice the caffeine. No, I do not remember that. Oh, dude, it was amazing. It was great. But it was like, yeah, it was the, it was the, uh, the counter brand to uh, Jolt back in the day. Interesting. Sorry, I just no, went down the old memory lane there. I'm old, right. dude. Next <laughs> thing you know, we're going to be talking about Crystal Queer Pepsi. And... Oh, God. <laughs> that was uh, pretty New, much New York like Celsius. flat 7-up. Oh, yeah, and I never got down with the with, with that crystal pepsi stuff i don't see how people i tried it but yeah it was it wasn't good um all right i got one more question for you trez all right this is the title question of the show i trez how do you live uncontained how do i live uncontained i live uncontained uh by doing what I, i i believe is right in my heart 
you know, saying the things that, uh, that, that might not be popular, but I'll stick to my guns if it's right, if I feel right. Um, and I'm not afraid to, I'm not afraid to be wrong. You know, that's the other thing. So when I do my stand up, I'll go out there and, uh, you know, I, I want people to, to know that I'm, I'm speaking from the heart, no matter how ridiculous it is, you know, it, it, I, I try to be as organic as possible. And uh, in a world where people are like, kind of, you know, why don't you go downstream with everybody? If I'm going to go downstream, I'm going to float at my own pace, you know? <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, you know, I'm against the grain kind of guy. That's how I live uncontained. All right. All right. Uh, well, thank you for coming on the show today, Trez. And uh, we will know soon who is the new president. And oh, man. We already know if the Cubs won the World Series and the world didn't end, we might be okay. Dude, <laughs> I'm telling you, I was waiting for the world to blow up. Man, I appreciate you having me on and just give me a platform to run my yap. You know, I'm a stay at home dad. I don't get much. Uh, I don't get much talking in, dude. <laughs> right on, man. Well, it was a pleasure having you on, and uh, keep me updated on uh, Courtesy Flush Podcast, and also check out uh, Los Rudos, and keep an eye open for Trez Mala on stage. Oh uh, man, I appreciate it. Yes, I got one more thing for you to do, Trez. And yes. that is sign off the show. Will you do me the honor? I'm Trez Mala, and I live uncontained. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thanks again to Trez Mala for coming on the show today and talking with me. And thank you guys for listening. And please keep uh, supporting the show. Keep going to iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, whichever platform you listen to the show in. And if I'm not in the platform or on a platform, please let me know. I want to be everywhere with Uncontained. Uh, I want to be easy to find, easy to listen to, and, you know, out there, available. Getting the word out about artists, comedians, musicians, actors, and people in the entertainment industry, period. And uh, I need your help. Word of mouth is the best way to share. So tell a friend, share it, post it, please rate, review, subscribe, and share. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, live uncontained.